ओके क्यूएनए योर क्वेश्चंस एंड माय आंसर्स फर्स्ट क्वेश्चन इज Please elaborate on how to integrate the uh, practice of metta with insight. For example, are all three characteristics of existence potentially relevant to this uh, process? In terms of the techniques of meditation, how do we switch primary focus from the development of samatha to vipassana okay there are several questions here hmm there is one piece paper there are many different questions let's take one by one people uh, sorry please elaborate on how to integrate the practice of metta with insight that is the first part so metta metta is one of the uh, objects for samatha meditation basically it's samatha there are about 40 different subjects for uh, samatha meditation though the traditionally the teachers have selected on only four out of 40 they have selected four to be practiced as guardian meditations these are called guardian meditations those four are buddha anusati the recollection of the qualities of the buddha that is the first one then metta the loving friendliness asubha asubha is repulsiveness or loathsomeness of body observing 32 parts of the body asubha and marana anusati marana is death uh, recollection or uh, mindfulness of death those are the four meditations which we practice to develop uh, concentration so metta also one of them when practice metta we can develop jhana if we like if we want we can develop jhana through metta if we don't need to practice jhana the purpose of jhana is uh, to develop our mind further and after fourth jhana even you can develop you can gain some kinds of knowledge such as ability to read your previous lives understand your previous lives ability to understand how beings are born to this world and how beings passed here and are born somewhere else such power you can gain you can develop such power by practicing samatha meditation and jhana but the real purpose of meditation buddhist meditation is not samatha samatha was there even before the buddha the buddha's constant instruction is to practice samatha and switch to insight practice vipassana vipassana is buddhism vipassana is the technique of complete eradication of defilements without vipassana nobody can attain enlightenment nobody can even enter the path as a stream enterer in order to enter the path as a stream enterer even for that purpose you should have vipassana vipassana means three characteristics of existence you see the three characteristics of existence so metta when practice we have to switch it to insight how to switch metta to insight metta when practice develop metta we can extend we can surface metta with all beings in the whole system of the world 
eventually you should understand that this metta, even this metta that I uh, spread, that I surfaced all over the universe itself is impermanent. Uh, that is how you come to understand metta as impermanent. This such a vast metta, such to extend metta to all beings, even this metta itself is impermanent, unsatisfactory, without a self. If you see that, that is what is called insight. It's quite difficult. Through metta, it's quite difficult to come to insight. What is the Buddha's, Buddha's clear teaching is practice mindfulness of breathing. Practice satipatthana. Practice according to satipatthana technique. It is very clearly given. It is the technique of the Buddha. So when we practice satipatthana meditation, it's very clear. We don't want to worry. We, we ourselves can understand what we are doing and how we are doing. So if we really necessary, we can meet teachers. Otherwise, Dhamma is the teacher. Practice. That is how the Buddha taught us. So, when, whenever we want to practice vipas, uh, metta, we can develop metta and again we have to see the three characteristics of existence. For example, are all, are all three characteristics of, ex, of ex, uh, existence potentially relevant to this process? Yes, it is very relevant, without which no insight. Hmm? Insight means three characteristics. If you see three characteristics, that is what is called insight meditation, vipassana meditation. In terms of the techniques of meditation, how do we switch primary focus from the development of samatha to vipassana? That is what you to see, that is for, for which, uh, for this purpose, to switch to insight, you to develop your wisdom, uh, clear comprehension and mindfulness. Mindfulness and clear comprehension, both. When you have mindfulness and clear comprehension, you can see the change in nature of your object. If you see that change in nature as arising and passing, arising, perishing, coming, going, if you see that, that is called samudaya vaya, samudaya vaya, samudaya dhamma anupasse viharati vaya kaas, vaya dhamma anupasse viharati, samudaya vaya, samudaya vaya, coming, going, like that. If you see that, that is what is called changing, that is what is called impermanent. You can see impermanent. When you see impermanence, that is where you switch to insight. Once you see impermanence, you see unsatisfactoriness and soullessness as well. That's how we switch from samatha to vipassana. Okay, next. Would you please... Uh, Repeat the eleven ways to enlightenment again. Vipassana with metta and the others. Thank you. Mm. These are not the eleven ways to enlightenment. These are called uh, eleven benefits of metta. Eleven benefits of metta. Eleven benefits are, uh, you can sleep well, hmm? you can wake up well, sukam supati, sukam patibhujyati, na papakam supnam pasti. Third one is, you don't uh, have nightmare. Sukam supati, sukam patibhujyati, na papakam supnam pasti. Manusanam Piyohoti, you become a pleasant person to humans. Pleasant one for humans. Manusanam Piyohoti. Then Amanusanam Piyohoti, 
you become a pleasant person for to non non humans like uh, devas hungry ghost like that amanushanam piyot then devata rakanti devas protect you devata rakanti nasa agiva visangva satangva kamati for him no fire uh, weapon or poisons hurt him ಡಿಲೈಟೆಡ್ ಮುಖವನ್ನು ವಿಪಸೀದತಿ ಅಸಾಮೂಲ್ಯ ಕಾಲಂ ಕರೋತಿ ಎನ್ ಯು ಡೈ ಯು ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಡೈ ವಿತೌಟ್ ಕನ್ಫ್ಯೂಷನ್ ಉತ್ತರಿಂಗ್ ಅಪ್ಪಟಿ ವಿಜ್ಞಾಂತು ಬ್ರಾಹ್ಮಲೋಕ ಉಪಗೋತಿ ಇಫ್ ನಾಟ್ ಅಟೈನ್ ಎನ್ಲೈಟ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಹಿಯರ್ ಯು ವಿಲ್ ಬಿ ಬೋರ್ನ್ ಇನ್ ಬ್ರಾಹ್ಮರೆಲ್ ದೋಷಾದೆಲ್ಲವ ವಿಪಸ್ಸನ ವಿತ್ ಮೆತ್ತ ದರ್ ಇಸ್ ದಿ ಅದ ವೇ ರೌಂಡ್ ಮೆತ್ತ ವಿತ್ ವಿಪಸ್ಸನ ವಿಪಸ್ಸನ ವಿತ್ ಮೆತ್ತ metta with vipassana metta first we have to practice samatha first samatha then switch to vipassana that is how we practice so in order to practice meditation we want to first we want to understand what samatha means and we to practice samatha in order to understand mere perusal of books reading books not enough you have to practice practice sit longer and practice one meditation for couple of days and even couple of weeks months maybe one year two years like that even but when you practice every sitting is fruitful every sitting is fruitful don't think that you don't get you didn't get anything every sitting is important so when you practice you can experience something something new hmm? so therefore we to practice samatha first and then whenever we see the change in nature of the samatha object then there we can change we can switch to insight Okay next for people who speak English and who may be interested in training in samatha and vipassana in Sri Lanka what monasteries or meditation centers do you recommend there are many different uh, monasteries centers so it depends on what and how you want to do whether it is closer to the city or far distance in woods real woods so uh, if you are interested uh, we can discuss later if you want to uh, i can recommend a place in sri lanka if you are planning to visit sri lanka then next one would you please explain a, a bit more how metta practice develops or enhances our concentration concentration practice thank you any suttas to recommend on on this well first i can recommend a sutta for metta that is sutta number 127 127 anuruddha sutta in the majjhimanika middle length chains of the buddha and um, patit uh, what you call satipatthana sutta satipatthana sutta hmm? diganikaya diganikaya satipatthana sutta 
and Majjhimanika, the Middle Land Saints again, Middle Land Saints, Satipatthana Sutta, there are two Satipatthana Suttas, read Satipatthana Suttas, and also Majjhima, the Middle, 118 Sutta, Anapana Sati Sutta. These are the discourses you to read, and then you can understand what the Buddha has really taught us. So metta, <clears throat> when practiced, developed, there are different methods today. But Buddha has not recommended such different methods, such as extending metta individually, hmm? individually to different persons, to your mom, the dad, the son, the daughter, like that. Such things Buddha has not recommended. Even there are some uh, some sort of disadvantages as well when you practice in such way. So, Buddha has recommended only two different methods to practice. Those two, as I mentioned in, during my talk, I mentioned two methods, immeasurable metta and exalted metta. Immeasurable means without measuring, limitless, limitless metta to all beings in your front direction, all beings in your back direction, right directions, left direction, upper direction, and lower direction. Those are the six directions which you to you to extend metta. That is how we practice metta. Then when we practice metta, slowly, we have to do it slowly, very slow. Not mere chanting. Even metta is not a prayer. You are not praying, not asking anything. Nobody there to give you anything by practicing metta or by meditation. When practice meditation, nobody is there to give you anything. Hmm? You are observing your own nature. You are observing your own breath. So when practice metta again, it's not a prayer, not a mantra. Hmm? Like mantra to recite, chanting. It's not a preaching. These different terms are also to be understood. So metta is a, this is a mental state that it is there in our mind, we, everybody has metta. When we are born to this world, we have metta. It is inculcated in our mind. But we have to develop this metta. When you develop this day by day, we can understand that we have metta. We have love, we have love and friendliness. That's why we have to develop this. Metta as a fact. Then we, we, when we see beings, we extend metta. It, it is not necessarily to say that, may you be well and happy. No, we don't need to say anything. It's to our heart. It comes, automatically it comes. May you be well and happy. Even when we use language, it is too fast, too long. Thought is faster. Metta thought is faster than language. May you be well and happy. Uh, see how many things you have to say. When you see a person, you extend metta. Simply you extend metta. Even language-wise, some languages, you don't want to use many different terms. Like in my language, we use only one word. But in English, if you want to say, may you be well and happy. May you be well and happy. You have to use different, six, at least six words. But uh, two words in Sinhalese, we use two words, suapatveva. Suapatveva. Sukhi hotu in Pali. See, Sukhi hotu in Pali. 
that when you see a person sukhi hoto, sukhi hoto, like that, supatveva sukhi hoto, like that. So, metta is so powerful when you develop, when you practice, develop, it is so powerful that through which you can do something. Even you can extend metta, especially in, uh, especially for some uh, cases like, say for instance, your mom is sick, dad is sick, your daughter is sick, a very close relative. In such a case, you can you can do it. You can determine your metta. Hmm? That is why we have to practice metta. So. That is how you to practice metta and enhance concentration. Okay, next. Can you explain the relationship between metta and Eight noble paths. Metta and eight noble paths. Okay, that is one question. The second one is American people uh, have the idea of charity showing many, showing mercy, in mercy to others based on the Christian tradition. Is it uh, different from the metta in the Buddhist tradition? Can you tell about your word, word lecturing, word lecturing experience to bring the is this metta to the west, eastern to the west. Poems uh, play a role in the way people from different countries understand and practice metta. Uh, it would take long time and it's not the right time to talk about that. So let's take the first question. Can you explain the relationship between metta and eight noble paths? Uh, eight noble path is normally called noble eightfold path. Okay, noble eightfold paths. That is how we we call it. Not eight noble path. Noble eightfold path. Noble eightfold path becomes noble tenfold path when practice developed. Uh, that is how one attained enlightenment by practicing developing the tenfold path. Noble tenfold path. So here the question is what is the relationship between metta and eight noble path? In a, you know in the path uh, there are the second second factor Right intention. Right intention means uh, renunciation, non-ill will, uh, that is metta, non-ill will, and non-cruelty. Non-cruelty itself is metta. So metta, you can see metta in two places in the uh, on the path, the noble eightfold path. That's how we we can see metta. And then uh, the difference between charity and metta, as uh, in Christian tradition they practice charity, whereas we practice metta. We Buddhists practice metta. What is the difference? So these are. Of course, two different things. <clears throat> metta cannot be compared with charity. Charity, though, begins at home, 
charity begins at home as how it is said though charity is practice always keep in your share without having your own part you don't practice you cannot practice charity da uh, sharing generosity charity these are different levels of giving offering different levels of giving when you share things you share with other other people but you have your own share when we practice charity you can you can uh, most people here i see they practice charity but they receive something they need something they need tax exempt number <laughs> ah is that what is dana huh? that is the problem that is why it is not not even you cannot compare with metta metta is beyond all this beyond love beyond sexual love carnal love hmm beyond filial love metta metta is without expecting anything hmm metta is not giving charity is always giving something metta is not giving something but you you extend metta as a power as you develop your own power own uh, metta thought you extend you you share this sort of suffuse this just like the sun that uh, emits its rays the moon emits its rays rays like that metta is uh, like that but charity is different charity is given but when you practice generosity generosity is more important more better than charity and giving offering is the best thing offering means you give to the virtuous one buddha when people came to the buddha they asked bante to whom should we give the buddha said to whoever you delight you delight buddha said but when give to whom can we gain more benefit they ask the buddha said give to those who are virtuous that giving is called offering that is what is called dana that is why people go to different temples they they give dana they offer dana to the monastic then they can they can be more happy when people observe eight precepts like in traditional buddhist countries like sri lanka thailand uh, burma myanmar on the full moon day people observe eight precepts they are clad in white most people are in white hmm? they then people are so happy they come and they offer dana with happy mind they offer dana that is what is called offering not mere charity practicing charity so in short uh, metta and charity are two different terms and metta is beyond charity okay next question is in marathon training there are runs where runner do but would gain no benefit is there such sit in meditation training how can one definitely uh, oh sorry how can one identify it to avoid uh, useless practice ha huh. as i said earlier earlier 
when practice meditation, every sitting is a successful one. That is how I see. When we sit, we can experience something. We can experience even, even pain. Hmm? You gain pain. <laughs> that itself is an experience. That itself is a fruitful meditation. Then you know where your pain is. If you observe during your meditation, if you observe pain, it's a successful meditation. Huh? That is vipassana. So sitting, every sitting is a good one. Make every sitting good, every, every sitting a successful one. You yourself have to make it. Hmm? So uh, you can get the benefit when you, whenever you sit. That is why the Buddha recommended this. That is why the Buddha has always talked about meditation. It is, it is the, the, you know, in Buddhism there are three steps. Hmm? Sila, Samadhi, Panya. Hmm? Udana, Sila, Bhavana. In other way, Dana, generosity, Sila, morality, Bhavana, meditation. And when you come to the path, Sila, Samadhi, Panya. Sila is morality, Samadhi, concentration, then Panya, wisdom. So, without meditation, no Panya, no wisdom. Hmm? Therefore, think that every sitting, whenever you have some sort of uh, boredom or sort of uh, not clear what you, you are doing, even don't worry, just sit. If you cannot sit, then stand and walk, practice, practice walking. Walking, sitting, walking, sitting. Hmm? There are two, basically two methods, walking meditation and sitting meditation. And also, it is good, it is true that when you practice, Whenever you have questions, it is better you meet the teacher, interviews, go to interviews and meet the teachers and discuss with the teachers. Then you can clarify things and go further. Next question is, while practicing metta, I consistently get very uh, powerful negative thoughts about a, uh, about a particular, particularly uh, another person from my past, it is quite uh, distracting and makes it hard to really send good uh, verb, verbs out to the universe. I will never see this person again, hopefully. So, reconsistently is not possible. Any suggestion? You know, whenever you write, please write clearly. And also, it is necessary to write the very relevant questions. Here we talk about meditation and Dhamma. Therefore, always try to uh, write relevant questions and clearly. Otherwise, it's difficult uh, to read. So, when practice, whenever it is the nature of our mind, when something happened in the past, it comes again and again because it is there in our mind. 
So what should we do? When we practice, it is a training. Our practice here is a training. While we practice, we have to, we have to engage, fully engage in that. Giving full attention to our, our object of meditation. If we are not focusing well, then our mind is distracted. This is what is happening. You are thinking of your past. Thinking of past is not meditation. Thinking itself is not meditation. Thinking your past or the future, you are not developing anything. But you have to come to the present moment and understand what is going on now. As you are practicing mindfulness, uh, as you are practicing metta, love and friendliness, again and again, you have to relax your body, calm your body, generate metta, and extend metta all over the world. All over the world. As the Buddha said in the Karaniya Metta Sutta, Uddang Ado Chatiryang Chatiryang Uddang above, below, and all around, all over. Hmm? To practice metta. So when you practice meditation in such a way, uh, this, whatever happened in the past, will not be a problem. Therefore, focus your attention more and more to this object of your meditation. Okay, next one is, we preach metta here. Little smile goes a lone way, but some of the monks only smile at the people they know. Not everyone, not everyone. For them, everybody should be equal and they should treat everybody equally. They completely ignore. So this is uh, like uh, you want to criticize monks. <laughs> huh? Criticizing monk is not meditation. It is not metta. Hmm? It's not metta. But did I tell you this afternoon? Your duties, the Buddha said, first referring to the, the monks, the monastic and the layperson's relationship, huh? the first thing is metthena kaya kammena, metthena vachi kammena, metthena mano kammena. Your actions, bodily actions should be extended towards monastic with metta. That's the first thing. So you broke the first thing. Second, <laughs> second, Metthena vachikammena. Then vachikam is with, with metta. Your word with metta. And then manokammena. Without thinking, you cannot, con cannot uh, conceptualize this, to write this. You have to think, then you conceptualize, you sort of verbalize and put this on paper. So mentally, Verbally, physically, you broke first three. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Let the monks do their own. Don't <laughs> criticize. Huh? Don't try to criticize others. Monks might have they are, they they might have compassion. They might have uh, love towards everybody. But simply smiling is not enough. It is true. Smile, smile is only lips, but heart is different. To heart, they extend metta to other beings. They don't say, may you be well, happy and peaceful, like for one person. No, nobody can do such things, but 
they when the, then when they see people they extend math even the people cannot do this all the time <laughs> all the time you cannot practice metta and mindfulness all the time that is can that can be done only by arahants only by arahants so when practice metta it is true it gives us benefit some people can practice some people cannot practice and also there are different persons in society everybody cannot extend metta to everybody right so i don't know why you say this however just i wanted to share with you that uh, you to understand the little smile goes a long way but some of the monks only smile at the people they know the monks sometimes monks know all of you but can they smile everybody can smile in and do? because they have to think they have to, not only monks everybody has to think engage in their activities right they have their own things so like that uh, if you want to if you want to talk with me please come forward later over there come forward and tell me ask me anything i can answer you anything so uh, i don't know who but i think none of you have uh, seen before i i mean i have not seen you before perhaps so i don't want to smile we are here not to smile but when you come after sunday then we will do if you be if you will be here after sunday now this is a retreat we are we are we have some sort of rules without which we cannot maintain this place okay okay next question thank you uh do you believe that our metta prayers have energetic energetic effect on the beings we pray for or do you believe metta practice only benefits us first i want to say that metta is not a prayer we don't pray metta it is as i said earlier we develop metta and we extend metta to all beings so the purpose is it is more helpful more benefit for us we get the benefit not other beings we practice for ourselves but when we extend metta to all other beings they themselves get the benefit so do you believe metta practice only benefit us no not only us uh, the people we come into contact with yes all other beings not only people all other beings get benefits in that they are positively impacted by our practicing yes both all other beings also get the benefit and impact okay next question is sometimes meditation is so boring <laughs> but i i been i been trying to understand the na- nature of my boredom is it just my restless mind can you explain boredom and how to work with it so it is true sometimes it's boring because you are doing the same thing that is what is called monotonous huh? monotonous huh? monotonous so boring 
if you do, if you are doing the same thing, why don't you change? Try to change, hmm? change your posture. Huh? While you are sitting, if you cannot sit, practice walking. Hmm? Just walk. When you practice, just walk, practicing. When you sit, just sit, relax. Hmm? Just relax. When you can't practice, if you can't give attention to your object, it's okay. Just relax, sit and relax. Like that. Or just go out, walk a little bit in this uh, property. Huh? That is how we have, to, we have to find something change. We need, it is the nature of our mind. We, our mind needs something new, something change. So let's practice in such a way. Let's listen to our mind as well. Listening sounds, listening to our own heart, mind. Hmm? Then we can uh, curb this. It is true that restlessness is there when we have boredom. Uh, it is one reason is restlessness, Agitate, agitated mind. We are not settled. For that we have to settle ourselves first, our, our body. We have to sit properly, just sit. Just sit and relax. Calm your body and relax your body. That itself is uh, helpful. And metta is the best meditation for that. Hmm? Metta is the best meditation for that. Okay, next question. Namo Buddhaya Bhante, what is the difference between metta and jhana? Is practicing jhana is harder than metta? Metta and jhana, the difference is metta, when practice metta, we can come to jhana. Jhana is not a particular practice. Jhana is a state that you come to, state of mind that you come to as the result of practicing metta. You got it? As a result of practicing metta, you come to the state of mind which is called jhana. jhana the first jhana, the, there are four jhanas, worldly jhanas, they are called first jhana, second jhana, third jhana, and fourth jhana. In order to come to this, even to the first jhana, you have to calm down yourself, you have to come to the state of tranquility. And then you have some qualities of your mind, some factors which are called jhanic factors. When the jhanic factors are there, you have come to that stage called uh, first jhana. It is the deep level of uh, concentration, jhana. Metta, you know what metta is. Now, as you've been practicing these days, you know what it is. Is practicing jhana is harder than, so it's not relevant. Practicing jhana, there's no meditation called uh, jhana practicing, but you practice, you observe a particular object and then come to the state of jhana. <clears throat> Next question. I am trying to observe metta for the self on this mat on this matter. I am born Buddhist but have not uh, dealt into it until last two years. I am seeking a tradition to follow and a 
Sangha, spiritual community that feels right. I try not to dwell too heavy, heavily on the, mas- on the matter and uh, just allow the practice to be the guide to avoid uh, avoid uh, practical for self judgment and so on so sometimes I think it doesn't matter which practice tradition as long as it feels right. However, this line of thought may prevent me from going very deep into a tradition which could it could be benefits beneficial. What are your thoughts? Uh, how how did you land on Theravada versus the other traditions? Thank you. Ah, this is a very good question. Traditions. These are dif- there are different traditions. Traditions is not Buddhism. If you follow a particular tradition, you are not practicing Buddhism. There are different traditions like Theravada tradition, Mahayana tradition, hmm? uh, then Sri Lankan tradition, Tibetan tradition, Thai tradition, American tradition, different traditions. All those are not what the Buddha said. All traditions are later. Buddha has taught us the Dhamma. That is what we have to seek. That is what we have to understand. What the Buddha has really taught us. That is there in the books. Now the books are available. Sources are available. There are uh, the books like uh, original teachings. That's what I mean, books. Original teachings such as Diganikaya, Lone Discourses of the Buddha, then Middle Length Sayings of the Buddha, Connected Discourses of the Buddha, Numerical Discourses of the Buddha. Those are the things to be to, to read. And then you can understand what the Buddha has taught us. So then you don't want to lean to any particular tradition, but you can practice. You can practice and experience the Dhamma. You don't want to worry about your tradition and to go to any other tradition, meeting different persons, just to follow tradition. If you follow a tradition, you are also in a particular tradition and not understanding the Dhamma. Therefore, better read the Dhamma and practice accordingly. Next question. Can you tell us a little about how life in a monastery is different than here? Are the Dharma practices different? Is the food as good as here? No. You are in a monastery. What is the difference? There is a monastery. Monastery is a place where monks are living. Monastics are living. So this is the monastery. Where else to go? Stay here. If you like, stay here. Be a monk and stay here. So there, the difference, uh, I don't see it clearly, uh, the difference between here and a monastery. This here means, Bhavana is a monastery. 
So I don't know what type of monastery you are you are thinking of. If you meet me, if you ask, if you want to uh, clarify this later, you can meet me. Hmm? So dhamma is practice. If it is a uh, yes, in Buddhist traditions, in all Buddhist traditions, they accept the four noble truths the dependent origination and the three characteristics of existence. They have to practice, they have to understand these, th- these three. And all other things are traditional things. They practice different things traditionally. So, uh, this, is, this is the monastery. Huh? If you have any question, but I, I don't think you find good food Food as good as here. Okay, another question here. When my body is still tense, still tense, like today, when you moved on to may all beings be well, happy and peaceful, should I stay longer on the body scan and uh, relaxation before sending out words of metta? Well, when you practice, as you are, as you relax your body, calm your body. Just remain calm, and when whenever you are ready, then start extending metta. When you extend metta, not while uh, calming your body, relaxing your. You can't do. In other words, you can't do two things together. Only one one thing at a time. So practice one thing at a time. Practice relaxation, calm your body, relax your body, and feel. After a while, you can feel that you have metta. Until you feel, you you don't, you better don't uh, start extend metta. You feel that you have metta. Then you can extend metta to all beings. When you think of beings, May all beings, you can even see beings in your front direction. Then extend metta like radiance. You can extend metta to all beings in your front direction. Then back direction, right, left, like that. When the mind state of doubt arises and it feels the, like you are trapped, and practice feels pointless. Practice feels pointless. How do you work with the trap of doubt? Doubt, whenever, doubt is, you know, doubt is a hindrance. There are five hindrances. Of the five, the last one is doubt. So in order to uh, dispel, in order to remove this mental state, doubt, you have to clarify your mind. In order to clarify it, in order to clarify doubt, you have to do your own examination, own exploration. You have to find the cause, cause of it. Give attention and understand the cause of your doubt. Doubt arises because of a cause. Once you understand your cause, then you can remove cause. Once you remove your cause, doubt is expelled. That's how you to do. There are different types of doubts, such as doubt of the Buddha. You doubt of the Buddha. Dhamma, the Sangha, and then training. Then the Dhamma, the Paticca samuppa, the dependent origination. 
then you doubt about your previous lives, hmm? pre-existence, then you doubt about re-existence, you doubt about this life. Hmm? There are different types of doubts. So to dispel, to expel dark of doubt, doubt, you to understand, you to do your own exploration and try to find the cause of doubt. Okay. During meditation, next question. During meditation, I will often see images, animals, beings, humans, non-humans, shapes, Trang uh, shapes, triangles, mm, spears. One image I see of often is this: two spinning uh, spears. My interest, uh, my interpretation is that this uh, refers represents the flow of consciousness through the universe. So uh, sending metta during meditation flowing out of me through the universe and back. Suggestions on imagery during meditation. Mm. Okay, whatever images that you see, all this, we have seen many images, many pictures throughout the life, not only this life, even in our previous lives. We have seen many things. These come to our mind. It's true. So, such images, whatever images, we, the main thing is that we should not cling to these things. If you cling to the image, then what happens? It, it is the nature of mind. The mind shows us magics. Magics. The mind is called magic. It's the magicians. Hmm? Consciousness is called magicians. Consciousness is like a magician. So it shows us different magics. Therefore, we should not cling to any image. Whatever image comes to us, we have to understand that this itself is changing. Ah, that is the mentality you have to maintain. It's better keep it in your mind. And whenever you see a, an image, just understand this itself is changing. This image is changing. It's fading away. This is not permanent. This is impermanent. Like that. Think of it. Then it, it will pass. That's how you to take images. Don't cling to images. When you cling to image, images, you cannot uh, develop your mind. You cannot develop your concentration. And you cannot come to successful meditation. Okay, next. I find uh, this is quite difficult for me to read this letters. Could you please help me? I find walking meditation to be far less physically painful than sitting. Can one have a successful meditation practice that is mostly walking meditation? Are there experiences for my shoulders, or exercises for my shoulders and neck that will toughen me up for long periods of sitting? Tell me I don't need to... Something... Lifting weights again. 
I'll start lifting weights again. So about walking meditation. Walk in meditation and sit in meditation. We practice only these two. Hmm? There are four postures. Whatever we do, we have only four postures. We simply walk, we go somewhere, then second one is standing, then third one is sitting, the fourth one is reclining, sleeping. Those are the four postures. So you can practice these four postures. Hmm? Whenever you practice these postures, you can uh, find different situations. You, you can feel better. So therefore, you, when you practice meditation here, here of course you cannot sleep in this hall. You can practice walking, standing. Huh? You can as long as you practice. While you are practicing, if you feel you want to walk, then simply stand and, and practice standing meditation. Observe this body, calm this body, and understand the nature. Understand these five aggregates. This, this so-called man is five aggregates. Hmm? Understand the nature, the nature of impermanence, unsatisfactory and soulless, soulless nature of this body. Understanding this, practice walking meditation for some time. Uh, sorry, stand in meditation for some time. Then start walking meditation. So there are many different things to practice. So uh, exercise for your shoulders and other things. Uh, what you call shoulders, necks, neck. For such things, you have to practice different methods of yoga. Or, you know, there must be some uh, yoga teachers here among you. You can find a person. Or you yourself practice self-yoga in the uh, hall. Huh? Yoga is very good practice. Practice yoga. Different postures. That is the, that the uh, way. Okay, I think, uh, yeah, this is the last question. So thank you very much.